The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get it on. Okay. Hi everyone, I'm Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me as co-host once again is Rick. Hi Macca. Mate. How's it all going? We get to review a win. I know, it's great isn't it? It's incredible. I'm excited. I've forgotten what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, we've got to be happy to start with. Well, that's a start. I'm a little bit sad though. Why? It's my last show for like six weeks. I'm viewing this as a positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is that? There might, might not be as much disarray. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah? Oh, well, it actually, seriously, it's a bit weird letting letting go for six weeks. I love doing the show. Rain, yeah. hail, or shine. So, uh, but I guess new opportunities might, might find someone ten times better and I'll get sacked. True, that is true. I've still got to ask Porsche if she's uh, if she's keen to uh, to fill in while you go on. So I know she's um, she's listening at the moment. So I'm sure she would. If you want to answer that question, Porsche, that'd be great. Thanks, Porsche. What a gun! And we, and we got the competition still going. We do have the competition going. So <laughs> the lo- the likes are clicking up. A few more weeks of that, uh, and then we'll be set to um, to pull the name out of a hat and see who wins. Absolutely. That's it. Looking forward to it. So, where are we starting? We are starting with our sweet and sour, mate. One thing which sweet. was sweet, one thing that was sour about Port Adelaide this week. Um, Rick, start us off, mate. All right. My sweet for this weekend was our one percenters. Our, yep. our hardness, our passion was back. Um, Aaron Young's mother in that last quarter, I mean... What an awesome smother. I mean, I can't remember the last time we had a, um, a player do a smother like that. It's been God knows how long. And then we had um, someone tag uh, Portia on a, uh, on a post on the forum going, hey, Portia, look, that's a shepherd. And, mm. um, and 99 tackles. And, um, and also what I really loved too was Darcy Byrne-Jones's positive intent to just run at a contest uh, with complete disregard for his own safety just to hunt the ball. Uh, and I messaged you today and, and said it reminded me of a Michael Wilson or, um, you know, an informed Jacob Surgeon. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's how far it sort of had to take me back. Um, I think it was on the wing to, to the closest side of the camera. We'll go into the right of screen. So what was that? Probably the third quarter, I reckon. But yeah, started um, the third quarter, I reckon. That yeah, was that was yeah. my favourite moment of the game. That um, yeah. that How hard attack. Was it? Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. As you said, it was very uh, very surgeon esque. Um, yeah. The way he just threw his body at it, sort of spun out of it, won the bowl, uh, dished it off. That was um, that was elite. That was first class. And you're going to win more contests than not if you have that endeavour because. You know, outside of maybe a Jack Siebel type of uh, character, not many people are going to go up against you with that sort of crazy abandon. Yeah. Um, and I guess, so what it, What we were saying just before the show started, I guess, was a great summary. Yes, 
we've got so many uh, star players out, but I think what we had replaced was a bit of youthful enthusiasm, which maybe our side's been lacking for a little while. Oh, there was certainly a lot of exuberance there. We played our youngest side since 2013, um, into well, least experienced side since 2013, I should say. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, young players out there. I think there was nine players that hadn't played 50 games yet. Um, so there was a lot of inexperience and you know a lot of um, a lot of passion was shown, which was great. Yeah. A lot of run, a lot of carry, a lot of aggression. Um, it was good, and that sort of follows on to my suite, which was. Um, the fact I did love the run and aggression. Um, and it was almost like we were a completely different team to what we've seen so far this year, where we've looked really sluggish and unprepared to work hard. Um, and, and I really did enjoy the uh, what was a lot more measured approach to attacking our forward line as well. Um, yep. I thought that was a, a key point um, in the game. Uh, not sure what that says about Richmond, um, but it was great to see us sort of dictate how the game was played, especially without so many... And key players out there. Yeah, look, I um, I agree, and I guess it it sort of makes us wonder, you know, where where to from here? Like, were we carrying too many tools at the start of the season, and was that potentially slowing us down? I'm not sure what we can really read into this game because oh, I guess we'll go into that a little bit later. Um, I think maybe we were too tall down back. Um, I'm not sure there's a spot for um, all of Trengove, Jonas and Carlisle and Homsch in the one team. Um, mm. I'm not sure who makes way there. I think, um, again, we'll talk about that in a moment, but Matty Loby's injury might open um, the door for Trengove to move into more of a full-time ruck position. That's um, exciting. It is. It, it adds um, a new dimension to the to the team, I think. So... I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, we've had a few messages in the chat room. Uh, Ryan Pillar thought crack was sweet. Todd Bell has said that um, Archie's handballs to Brody and Impey were bloody good. Um, Paul Valudis has said that Hoff clunking marks was great to see. And um, Todd Bell has also said that Carlisle can't come back, which uh, makes him sad to say it, but it, sometimes it happens. Potentially. I think, um, I think Carlisle will be one. I reckon that's going to have to earn his stripes in the SANFL, coming yeah. back from injury yeah. and force his way into the side unless form from down back um, warrants his selection. But, yeah, I, I think that's a fair call. <clears throat> I still think we need Carlisle in the side. I still prefer him at full-back to Homsch, and I prefer Homsch in that third toll um, role that I guess Stuart was playing on the weekend. Yeah. Um, because I think Homsch's third man up is, is the best part of his game, and when he's minding the best forward... Um, he can't really do that um, as often as uh, as you'd like to see. I think. My apologies. I was just saying that Homsch on um, Homsch on like the Hawkins type players really isn't our marquee matchup for that one, and I think that's where um, Bobby Bobby Carlisle comes into play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was your sour? Should I've forgotten? Can you remind <laughs> me? I did email it to you. I'm not doing your job for you, mate. I'm on my mobile, and I do apologise if I drop out. It's really windy where I live, and uh, sometimes that can play havoc. Um, I might as well say my um, sour. What did I hate? Here he is. Yeah. He's back. He's back. Yeah, go on. What was yours? My sour was uh, Sammy Gray, who I talked up a lot in the preseason. I thought he had a great game in round one as well, but um, hasn't really delivered since then. 
Um, I think his spot in the side now has to come under question with uh, with some of the key players coming back in. Um, I think his lack of polish is um, is starting to really sort of come to the fore, I think. Um, he, he overruns the ball more than any other player I've ever seen, I reckon, since Matthew Liptak was running around. And when he rushes, when he does pick it up... Um, you know, he just needs to sort of calm down a little bit, I think. Um, really needs to deliver a big game next week. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like the fact that he overruns the ball so much and it puts the rest of the midfield under a bit of pressure. Yeah, and they're under pressure enough as it is. Um, so it's a fair call. Mm. What is the, uh, I'll be interested to hear what the chat boys uh, think uh, when they when they catch up with it. Um, the reason I forgot my hate, Macca, was because I didn't actually put one down. Um, mm. So I guess I'll go with um, um, my hate's going to be uh, Matt Loby um, getting injured. And actually, that's right. I'll go with um, uh, I'm really dirty on the AFL, to be honest. I can't get over that. Um, we weren't allowed the two top-up players. And, and Matt Loby's um, unfortunate injury just really highlights that to me. We, you know, I mean... Ryder was a massive loss, as it was, and Mumphreys. But um, the fact that we weren't allowed top-up players, and I don't really give a crap about the salary cap relief, um, you know, now we're really pushing shit uphill. And yeah. the, the fact that we uh, we didn't really have the courage to sort of forward plan for the potential of Ryder not being able to play for us either, that, that really is starting to piss me off. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about the AFL deciding that we can't have top-ups. That was, you know, if we want to back up for these guys, we had every chance to do it um, over the last couple of years. Uh, we chose not to. That's our bad luck, really. Mm. Well, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here, and I'm sure, mm. like you said, I'm sure we'll talk about it shortly. Yeah, we've had a few uh, comments in the chat room um, mentioning Simon Phillips and how he was the master of overrunning the bowl, and I do agree, but... Um, Simon Phillips went near the ball about two times a game, whereas Sammy Gray sort of around it all the time. So um, just by weight of numbers, I think uh, Sammy Gray's worse in that regard. I, I just reckon um, Sam Gray probably just needs to, uh, you know, review the tape of, like, Sam Mitchell. Um, similar, like, with the distance they can kick and sort of size players and stuff like that. But mm. Sam Mitchell has that composure when he gets the ball. He just doesn't boot it long down the line every time he... You know, he actually um, sort of assesses the best option before he gets rid of it, whereas yeah. Sam Gray just panics and, yeah, like you said, he's now he's running over it. He just looks like he's devoid of confidence. Yeah. I think Sammy Gray's still playing SANFL footy a little bit. That's sort of just get the ball and boot it as hard as you can. That might be okay at that level, but it kind of doesn't really work as we've seen at, uh, at this level. But as, as you said, I think it's all down to confidence. Last year, he really did sort of develop that side of his game really well. So it's just a matter of him finding that confidence back and uh, and getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even Arch look, doesn't look half as confident of what he was as the um, at the end of last season as well. He's um, he's still sort of struggling to pick up the tempo of the game, but he did some cracker handballs again on the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did. Um, we've had another couple of comments in the chat room. James Leach has said that um, one of his sours would be Eddie Maguire's commentary, which was uh, worse than usual. I've got to say, I don't, I'm don't. i not one that usually com, um, complains about the commentary, but 
He was clearly sort of barracking for Richmond. Uh, um, I think you guys need that. Got pretty bloody annoying after a uh, while. Some of his comments were just ridiculous. You guys just um, need to harden up. Maybe, maybe. It's... And uh, Graham Hitch has also said that playing lack of top-ups is a bit of a cop-out. Uh, recruiters took a punt, hoped that Ryder wouldn't get rubbed out, and it's backfired. We could have recruited another toll. Yeah, oh, look, it's just a bit of a frustration more than anything. It's just... Um... Yeah, I mean, if it was good enough for Essendon, who actually were the ones that broke the laws, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I have no bitterness to but, right, us losing Ryder because um, we drafted him with this cloud hanging over his head. So yeah. that's not the, But, I mean, if it's good for one, it should be good for everybody. It should be the same for Bulldogs, St Kilda and us and Essendon. And, uh, and you know, we, uh, we weren't given a level playing field in that regard. That's, that's what agitates me. But, yeah, it's probably the club's fault more than anything because they... Uh, um, they just didn't have the foresight to uh, to have a backup plan. Yeah, we chose to go in a player short this year, um, and I guess it's backfired a bit. So, absolutely, that's, um, something that we've got to deal with. I guess. Uh, yep. What was your WTF moment for the week? Oh, well, my my WTF moment was during the commentary. Um, um, I guess uh, them talking about Richmond re-signing Damien Hardwick, and it's what the hell was the Richmond board thinking? It's not like he was uh, a superstar coach that took him to a couple of preliminary finals and uh, they're on the cast, but they really didn't need to make the decision that they did, surely. I think they made it from a a strategic point of view from the fact that it should take some media pressure off Damien Hardwick this year, but that only works if you're actually winning games. (laughs) When you're losing games, you get... Ten, the pressure becomes tenfold, really, because all that's ended up doing is everyone's questioning why they've signed him again um, and whether he's going to get sacked anyway. So it's really done nothing. No, not really. And I guess they're, they're sort of stuck with him now unless they want to break his contract. But I guess I guess if they're going to choose to stay with him, they have to give him an opportunity to, to maybe look at even rebuilding the list, which could be what a, a three- or four-year project. Well, I guess as much talked about at the moment is, uh, is their list strategy and... We know they've got Blair Hartley as their list manager um, or, or the, the guy that looks after their drafts. Um, and he has picked a lot of those sort of mid-aged um, sort of state league players. Mm. I guess they had so many sort of first-round draft picks come in over a, a sort of five- or six-year period. They've chosen to sort of um, work at their depth and, and get some guys in that can do a job if people get injured. And that's all right in theory, but you also need those sort of first-round picks to stand up. Um, and I've, from memory, he did... Something pretty similar with us when he was our sort of um, uh, head draft guy. Um, brought in a lot of those sort of mid-range players like Danny Meyer, um, those sorts, um, and they didn't really work out. So um, I don't know. I guess it's tough times for them because the key players aren't really performing um, and they just don't have the depth anymore because a lot of these sort of uh, mid-age players just haven't delivered. Yep, and I think it's all right to get one or two, but yeah, you don't want to really overload with them either, do you? Just sort of, mm. um, it'd be like having six or seven Sam Greys in the side. You know, yeah. it's, uh, you just can't carry them all and it's too much of a risk, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's right. Like, did they really need Andrew Moore? No. And, and Jacob Townsend, you know, and yeah. Nathan Gordon. You know, they, they've just drafted the same player about 12 times in the last three years. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure it's uh, it's done them any good at all. And it's all right, sort of picking someone like Ben Lennon with your first round pick, but then don't pick 
like the same player as Ben Lennon another ten times in the next two drafts, which is but, where they've sort of um, fallen down, I think. But, but if it wasn't for Richmond, who who else would we do our deals with? Well, this is very true. This is very true. <laughs> Look, we've had um, overwhelming mention um, of Hoff's handball for the WTF moment, and I've got to say, I agree one hundred percent. I didn't even notice because I was in the middle of writing. Go off, you gun, sort of uh, on big footy. And then I look up and he doesn't have the ball anymore. I was like, oh, what's he going to done? And that's just, that's just horrendous. But that's not actually my WTF moment. Mine is uh, GWS completely dismantling Hawthorne. Oh, um, and that's just scary, very scary. Did it make you feel better about our game? Against who? GWS? Yeah. Oh, I guess so. They're in pretty good form at the moment. And, um, you know, they've got a really good side, a really good squad and... Chock full their of first, uh, talent. So their first half wasn't much far behind uh, our first half against them. You know, I think they mm. were up to like bloody eighty three odd points, and I think with us they were like ninety points or something at half time. So yeah, geez, they uh, they can be brutal on the scoreboard, can't they? They can. Yeah, Rory Lobb yeah. took something like nine contested yeah. marks in a in a breakout performance for them. Uh, and who was it that um, posted up on the forum and reminded us that we uh, we chose Jarman MP over him and. Our, with our shortage of tools at the moment, I mean, uh, no disrespect to Jarman, but uh, he would have been pretty handy about now. He would have been very handy, but I don't think we picked Impy over Lob in particular. Um, we probably picked Impy over Crouch, if anything. But um, I don't know. Hopefully, um, Jarman had a much better game this weekend. That's for sure. So hopefully, he's found his niche up forward, and uh, I think he's going to add something pretty special to the side up there. And um, I still hold out a lot of hope for Jars. I reckon he's going to be a great player. And, um, yeah, hopefully that's not one of those sort of draft mistakes because I guess the, the following sort of five or six players that were drafted after him have uh, have delivered a lot more at this point. But, um, you know, it's a, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So He's a late bloomer. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing we need to talk about is uh, is the big news this week, which is um, the injury to Matt Lobie. Um I guess there's talk that he's going to be out for a couple of months, up to 10 weeks. Um, I'm not sure that's been confirmed yet, but he did injure a knee before half-time in the SANFL. There's talk that he did his posterior cruciate ligament. Um, I guess the question is, what does this mean for Port Adelaide? Um, well, firstly, uh, Matt Lobie's New Vision's player, sponsored player, and uh, he's a bloody cracker of a guy. Um, you know, you don't wish injury on anyone, so uh, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. And and in addition to that, you know, in relation to our AFL list, uh, I'd rather have a, a fit, out of form Matt Loby that hopefully can find form to an injured Matt Loby. Um, so um, that's the two issues. But I guess through that uh, unfortunate injury, I guess there's an opportunity which uh, which will allow us to see. Um, what our list can deliver, and I'm really, really excited to um, uh, to see Jackson uh, Trengo step up in the ruck. And I, I reckon with his interview last week, Macca, we got a bit of a hint that potentially he was going to be moving into the ruck a little bit more um, after his suspension, anyway. So, yeah. uh, and I'm I remember a couple of years ago on the forums, I was saying I loved Jacko in the ruck because he's got that natural leap, and uh, and he's got a, a bit of a flair with the tap work, and I sort of got. Lampooned by a lot of um, of our supporters, saying, "What the hell? We're going to risk our star key back in the ruck for? That's just ridiculous." But I notice more people are now shifting to the uh, the view of maybe playing him in the ruck. Yeah, 
I certainly would like to see uh, Jackson probably take over the, the main ruck mantle whilst Lobie's out. Um, I'm not sure Howard's got the um, uh, got the body or the skill set at the moment um, to do that job full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, as a pinch hitter, I think he, he's great. Uh, but I think um, Trengo's probably going to be the main guy there. Um, what does this mean for Port Adelaide? For me, I think it puts us in a real sort of perilous position. Uh, really puts our finals chances at risk. Um, as you said, I agree 100% with the, the, the saying that um, an out-of-form Matt Loeb is much better than an injured one. Um, and look, whilst he has been out-of-form, I think uh, if you look at how the game played on the weekend, I mean, Howard probably didn't do any better than what Lobie would have done. Um, and we've got to say a big thank you to Richmond's midfielders who put in one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen in a midfield. And we're not going to have that every week. I mean, if we no. throw Howard to the Wolves, you know, we've got Steph Martin coming up, who's not the best tapman, tap ruckman around, but an absolute brute of a human. He's built like a shit house. Mm. Um, then he faces uh, Nick Nat after that. And then he's got uh, Todd Goldstein coming up. I mean, yeah. that know, one he, he's just going to get absolutely slaughtered against those. I mean, the Todd Goldstein matchup doesn't um, doesn't make me feel good at all. But mm-hmm. hey, you never know. A couple of games in a row and a little bit of confidence, and you don't know what it's going to pull out. But I mean, I, even Jackson, I think, might struggle. And I think that's where maybe against the Todd Goldstein type, we might need to, uh, you know, for the around the ground contests or the boundary throw-ins, we might need to use more of the bulk of um, Dixon in those sort of contacts yeah. uh, contests. And um, and I was really impressed with Dixon on the weekend. Um, yeah, I thought some of his uh, his ruck work around the ground was very, very good. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, he was up against Marich, who looked like a 70-year-old out there. He can barely move. He's absolutely finished as a footballer, I reckon. Uh, Hampson wasn't too bad. Um, what I would actually like to see is a bit of a two-prong strategy because, look, Reece Stanley's not the best ruckman going around. Mm. Mark Blitzabs isn't the best ruckman going around. But together, they have um, become a great duo. Um, yeah. And I think... Looking at uh, guys like Trengove and Howard, certainly physically, there's a lot of similarities there. They've got big leaps. Um, they're more of that sort of wiry ruckman. Um, and I would actually like to see us do that sort of two-prong attack and, and see if we can get something out of it that way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I'm surprised we haven't really tried to experiment that a little bit more throughout the season already. Uh, we've seemed to have gone down the stereotypical traditional ruck, uh, route with the ruck, with maybe the... Uh, our mid just jumping up like Holly Wines or uh, Brad Ebert, but um, yeah, I think uh, Dougal coming in as the as the third man up could uh, be to our advantage. Yeah, some people have mentioned Billy Frampton, and look, I just think he's got to stop getting injured every every five yeah. minutes. I think he got uh, there was talk he got injured again on the weekend. I'm not sure if that's 100 percent correct or not, but um, mm. look, certainly he's an option if he can stay fit for any amount of time. I think he's still probably another six months off playing AFL footy, so looking at next year. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. He's just got to stop getting injured. Are some of, our, are some of our supporters getting caught up on looking at names on a paper more than the performances that they're putting in because I, I haven't really seen Logan Austin's names come up in light in the SANFL either, but people are throwing him in as a, a must be, must selection for the uh, AFL team as well. And, you know, they're still young kids. They've only been in the system for a couple of years, so... Uh, I think they still probably need a little bit more time to develop and, like you said, build up their body and so they can withstand the harder impact of AFL because if he's getting yeah. injured in the SANFL, what's, mm. what's going to happen in the AFL? True, very true. All right, well, 
Round six came along and uh, the pressure was on for both Port Adelaide and Richmond after poor starts in 2016. It was expected Richmond would do the job over Port, um, considering we had uh, nine senior players out through injury, suspension and poor form. Uh, But it was the mighty power that really controlled the game and came away with a a pretty impressive 35-point victory, 13 goals 16 to 8 goals 11, uh, in front of what has to be said a dismal Richmond home crowd of just 27,000 people. Um, Jarman Impey in a new role up forward slotted three goals whilst Charlie Dixon, Aaron Young and Jakey Need uh, kicked two goals each Um, Rick, how were you feeling before the game, mate? Uh, Not overly confident to be honest, Craig I I was hoping that we would just put in a a strong effort and uh, with all the injuries that we had and I mean, look, I'll be honest I don't really follow Richmond that much these days so I didn't know what their situation like with injuries were either but yeah obviously it was a concern for for me with so many named players out um however the one thing i was looking forward to before the game was the fact that some of our key players being out was sort of going to turn the spotlight onto our existing leaders that were still in the team yeah so that's that's what i was looking for what about yourself uh i thought we were no chance to be honest, I thought this would be the week that Richmond sort of stood up and they'd um, they'd give us a little bit of a hiding, considering they had pretty well a full-strength side, except for maybe uh, Rance, who was suspended. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, they had all their guns out there and, you know, they were just terrible. They were absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah, they. I thought we were lacking systems, but they were even worse. They um, they were really, really struggling. and They just um, looked mentally shot. They did, didn't they? They looked like a really fragmented playing side. And yeah. um, and credit to our boys, we uh, we saw where our defensive pressure was uh, a bit better in that first quarter. And you know, with their defensive transition from with Richmond, they really struggled around that half back line, trying to get the ball through our defence. And yeah. and we were coming up looking like kings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got a couple of questions from the forum. Um, from One from Stockholm. Uh, what was one aspect of the game uh, we were most happy with? Yeah. What was yours? Uh, mine was the improvement in our kicking. I thought we were a lot more measured. We raised the eyes a bit, um, sort of surveyed the options, and and uh, more often than not um, delivered a pretty nice uh, pass up the field. I thought, um, and that was a, a lot. Uh, that was a big improvement over the uh, sort of kick and hope that we have been seeing. Yeah, I think I think I'll tie in with that the run and carry. Um, there, yeah, we definitely looked like we were more courageous with running the ball. Yeah, um, yeah, and and credit to Paul Stewart and Cam O'Shea, they they definitely started off slow and really seemed to be struggling to pick up the tempo of the game. But uh, as the game wore on, especially Cam O'Shea, um, yeah, he got into the rhythm a lot better. Yeah. Oh, look, Cam O'Shea's first quarter was diabolical but um he really he really improved after that and i thought he was uh, one of our better players yeah absolutely do you think um we were we were certainly a lot quicker and played a lot more di- uh, direct um do you think the sort yep. of change in structure has a lot to do with that in terms of guys like carlisle and, and trengo being out of the site i think so which is what we were intimating before i just i just think we've um I don't know, either it's psychological or whatever, but I guess you know, it's a bit hard, and I hope I'm not throwing off your run sheet here, but I guess having Cracker in that defensive six as well really gave us a lot of benefit because we weren't burning the ball as much coming out of the defensive 50. I mean, his mm. his skill is fantastic. His defensive pressure is great. 
and uh, he generally hits a target and makes a good choice. Yeah. Um, you know, probably the invoice of uh, Brad Ebert sometimes. And, mm. um, you know, so that really sets up the springboard to attack, doesn't it? And, you know, so, you know, Richmond's pressure obviously was deficient. And if we, if I watched some of the Bulldogs North Melbourne game and, and then our game, and obviously I still think we're a little, well, a long way off of that level, um, but at least we're moving in the, in the right trajectory. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess the first player I want to talk about is Jared Polek. Um, it's what a response to being dropped. Yeah. And I know you were pretty critical of Ken singling him out on Friday, where he said he yeah. was uh, too good for the SANFL but wouldn't be afraid to uh, to give him another warning and drop him if he doesn't perform and do what he's uh, supposed to be doing. Well, perform he did, really. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. I thought he was our best player. Um, you know, he had, uh, what, 23 touches, uh, four tackles, um, 10 contested uh, possessions. I thought he was a lot better. Did a, took some nice overhead marks as well mm. and uh, used the ball fantastically. And it, again, it's no coincidence that our disposal efficiency uh, was vastly improved with Cracker and Polek playing yep. well in the side. Um, absolutely. He was a great player. And I guess the, the thing to think about is I hope he's not going to be one of these players that needs a rev up all his career um, to get going and hopefully with a bit more maturity he can just do it without that. I, f- I wonder if he's just a little bit too um, or maybe lacking a little bit of confidence in his foot still which is sort of causing him to have these sort of games where maybe he doesn't have the impact that he should have. Yeah, uh, probably. Um, I, I mean I'm still a bit concerned like I think after round two or maybe three, he was he was saying that he was being instructed to to stay out on the out of the pack to use his run and carry. Maybe that was confusing him a little bit as well because, I mean, to me, he's uh, even though he's a great run and carry player, he's he he looks like an instinctive ball hunter to me. And you know, yeah. if the ball's there, go in and get it. And I, I just wonder if he just got a little bit confused with the instructions to. When, it, when he was told, you know, to, to sort of stay out and wait for the ball to get there, did he did he take that too literally? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, do you think he's the new Daniel Pierce, where we actually need him to play well to win? Uh, no, he's a lot better than Daniel Pierce, um, skill wise. And uh, no, I don't think so. Do you? Okay. Uh, I hope not. Yeah, I hope we've got um, enough... Well, I, I certainly think we've got enough match winners out on the park where we don't rely on one particular player to win the game, that's for sure. Um, that's right. But it is... <laughs> I think it certainly raises our chances of winning when Polek does uh, get a lot of the ball because we know just how well he uses it. He never wastes a disposal um, and he oh. always hits the target going inside 50, so... Mate, if you've got... If you gave Polek and Nathan Cracker 30, 30 disposals a game, I reckon we'd win most games. Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah, you know, they're just that good a player. Yeah. So uh, you you know you you leave them alone at at your peril. And I, I mean, who was um, who was banging on it on the commentary? Was it bloody uh, David King or someone? Someone was going on about how can you be leaving Pollock so much space? It's just ridiculous. But mm. yeah, you know, I mean, he would have been cheering. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, an interesting question from James Leach: Did we play better, or did Richmond make us look better? Oh, I think a bit of both. Mm. I think we, I think we definitely played better. We, it was, it was noticeable that we were running the ball a lot harder, and it, like you said, we were kicking the ball or using the ball a lot better. Um, but that was probably also in turn because Richmond was pretty poor. But you know, with eight players out or how many it was, uh, first senior players, 
uh, you know, and really no no ruckman of uh, notable sort, you know, I thought the team played well. Yeah, I, I certainly think it was a, a vast improvement. Was it faultless? By no means. Um, we still got a long way to go. We were playing, as I said, against a, a midfield which just didn't look like they wanted the ball at all. So certainly against mm. a team which is hunting it a bit more um, and has a bit more to play for, uh, yeah, I mean, we could still be in trouble. I guess we'll find out this week. Absolutely. I mean, the thing that I actually liked um, as well, which I, I sort of uh, um, threw a counter-argument on the forum today about Dixon playing deep, I actually liked him being playing up the ground and uh, being that outlet player for us at the kick-in. He, he was very, very good at... Um, either marking or creating a contest, and and what did you find? Did you like it as well? What was that? You just cut out a little bit there, mate. Oh, did I? I was just saying that I I was a big fan of Dixon playing up the ground, oh, yeah, and being and being that uh, <laughs> link man from the kick out. Yeah, I certainly liked that. I thought he did a decent job in the ruck. I liked him sort of, um, yeah, more across that sort of centre half forward line. He, he almost looked like uh, Treadray there. I thought his. Um, his skills below his knees were fantastic and you know, his pickups and ability to sort of turn around on a dime and hoof the ball forward was great. Yeah. Hey, I had the same thought. He, um, I'm not saying that he's as good as Treadray, but uh, he's probably that was the best I've seen of uh, a big forward for us below the knees since Big Waza retired. He, um, he was clean, good hands. Um, you know, he could get break through a pack. He's, he'd be a tough nut to bloody tackle and take the ground, that's for sure. Yeah. I certainly like him a lot more where he is leading because he does have good pace. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just that sort of bang it long on his head and hope that uh, five people don't spoil him sort of thing. So mm. uh, I, I certainly think he, um, yeah, he's more suited to that sort of role and, and hopefully we'll see him in that role um, going forward a bit more. Absolutely. Did you did you think we had a bit more mongrel about us um, this week after Hamish especially came out and said we need to man up and play a bit tougher? Yeah, I do agree with that. Yep. Um, we've already mentioned Darcy Byrne-Jones. I think there was quite a few players that certainly put their head over the bowl a bit and um, were happy to lay some pretty strong tackles. And we've spoken about Youngy. I thought Archie did that um, a couple of times as well. Tumpus was, um, was a bit more improved in that area too. Can I say that I am actually um, becoming a big Aaron Young fan. I've been so impressed with him this season. And uh, I thought his game on Saturday was excellent. I thought he was just desperate. Um, yeah, he might not have got the most uh, possessions in the game. But, you know, he was doing the one percenters. That smother was just unreal. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's put much of a foot wrong since he's come into the side. Yeah, no doubt. Um. Oh, look, I love stories. I love um, players turning their career around. And, you know, Youngie's done that this year. I think we all thought he was pretty much done. Um, we mm. tried to trade him. There weren't any biters or we couldn't get a deal done at least. And, look, he's he's gone back up forward where he sort of um, spent the first couple of years of his career. And he's really, really impressed. And he's sort of um, made that sort of post-Monfries transition um, for this year um, a, a hell of a lot easier. What do you think of his uh, philosophy of enjoying the one-year contracts? Is it going to be the new Tom Logan? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> Very much. Um, yeah. How did you see Broadbent's game? I thought uh, his was just about the most interesting sort of single performance. We saw him move into the midfield for the first time since about oh maybe the first half of 2013. Um, yeah. We've pretty much solely seen him as that loose back flanker since then, and I think he's become a bit lazy in that role. 
Yep. Um, but he was an absolute standout um, back in the middle again. And, you know, eight clearances, 10 contested possessions, kicked a goal, uh, kicked a bloody ripper goal from about 95 metres out. <laughs> um, he was just about the match winner. He was very good. And um, I actually forgot to bring it up on Thursday night show, but um, I did actually want to sort of mention that, you know, we've we've sort of lost that transition of, you know, those periphery flankers elevating themselves into the midfield. And so you have to take me on face value that I'm telling the truth and not talking about it retrospectively here. But, um, yeah, so it was great to see him actually go into the midfield and use his bigger body and, and do what he can do. I mean, you're right, we haven't seen it for probably three years. And um, when he did it last time, he probably didn't do it consistently enough. But mm. I'd be hoping that, you know, that's a role that he can probably play more often now and and uh, we've got, you know, a bit more speed in the back lines with him in the midfield as well with, um, obviously, Darcy Byrne-Jones and Jasper and, and, and Cracker playing back there instead. So um, I think for his spot in the side going forward, he has to uh, he has to probably play more midfield, I'd say. What do you think? Uh, possibly. I still, think, um, I still think he's got a role to play down back, but I do like him as a midfielder and... Uh, Todd Bell has mentioned, wasn't he our best midfielder for a spell? Uh, he certainly was through 2012. He was um, just about our best midfielder and maybe he was a little unlucky not to win the best and fairest that year because he, he did have a ripping uh, ripping season that year. And then, uh, Did we have I mean, any midfielders back then? Oh, look, well, probably not because <laughs> we finished like second bottom or something. But um, I guess... Um, I guess the disappointing thing was he, he did fall away pretty quickly in 2013 and we moved him down back to sort of get him involved in the play and sort of try and dictate how the game was played um, to use his sort of pace and his, his long kick. But he's sort of just relied on that now. Just He's that sort of loose player that um, when we've seen him try and do a defensive role, he can't do it. And he just sort of boots the ball as hard as he can now, which is yeah. uh, pretty systematic with, with how we've gone this year. So to see him move back into the midfield, I think um, I think is great, and I think um, I guess it's time to move on to a different player, which is Darcy Byrne Jones, because they do tie in together, and I think his emergence um, in that backline has really opened up a number of different sort of options for us uh, going forward. I mean, it allows mm. us to play Broadbent in the middle, it allows us to play MP up forward where he kicked three goals. He's um, he's the new energizer bunny in the side, isn't he? He just. Uh... Uh, like I said earlier, it goes with 100% positive intent at the contest and the and the pack, and he's not, and not afraid to put his body on the line. And uh, but he's giving us some zip, and I, I was really uh, impressed that his disposal was quite assured. Um, that was probably his best game for output um, with his possessions on Saturday night as well. Yeah, well, look, his emergence is absolutely crucial. It's always been crucial that we get a number of different options playing back there. Mm. Um, and even Cracker, if he can stay fit, I mean, you know, it just allows us so many more options. Um, I do like Impy up forward. I think um, I think sometimes he can get a little, a little bit lost down back. I think yeah. him running sort of from the wing up forward in kind of like the Matty White role um, absolutely suits him down to a tee. Well, I think if Darcy allowing Impy to go forward means that yeah, we could probably uh, replace Need with Wingard as well, and we're we're not losing as much um, influence in the game. I think, even though Need had a pretty good game, but um, yeah. I just think 
we needed pace in that back line. And Jasper, Darcy Byrne-Jones and Cracker back there, I think we've got a much faster and um, more strength in our smalls coming out of defensive 50. Yeah. I guess the question is, um, and someone on the uh, the chat room asked that a little bit earlier, is does Impey stay in the side when Chad comes back? I think so. I'd probably give Impey the, uh, a shot over Need and give Need a rest in the... Um, in the SA NFL, I, I thought his output was far, far superior this week to previous weeks, and at least Need's tackling intent was up. Um, but someone has to come out for Chad to come back in. Yeah, that's true. What would um, you do? Not sure. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> I haven't really well, thought that too too far ahead, but I would definitely be keeping Impy in the side. Um, mm. I think his pace is absolutely crucial because it's something that we've really missed um, at stages this year. I would be dropping Sam Gray. I would be uh, giving him a spell. And I'd Chad Wingard? Yep, I'd keep... Um, I'd want to see a three-small uh, forward line of Need, Wingard and Impey and see what so, that does. Around so uh, the tolls of Dixon and, and Westhoff. See, so I'm starting to feel like we need to um, replace like for like. Um, mm. That's how I sort of see it. So Robbie Gray back. Bring in Sam Gray. Uh, sorry, Robbie Gray back. Take out Sam Gray. Um, yeah. You know, Chad Wingard in. Take out either Jake Need or Jarman Impey. And, uh, and just sort of try and keep the structure and see if we can get some confidence with the structure, especially over the next three games that we've got coming up. Yeah. Oh, look, Needy's... Uh, how did you see Needy's performance? He had just the six touches, but... I thought, just like, he plays these games every now and then where he doesn't actually get the ball, but his defensive pressure is absolutely yeah. crucial to our victory. And, you know, he laid some great tackles and even his sort of um, sort of corralling of players and just put them under pressure, kicked two goals, um, probably had a, a decent part in another three or four as well. Absolutely. His defensive pressure was a lot better. Um, but I just don't know, going forward, if we can carry that lack of output in the side, uh, mm. especially with quality players um, to come back in. Obviously, um, you know, Chad and Robbie uh, are two. Uh, and then then who else we've got? We've got Matt White probably in another six weeks' time. Uh, you know, he'll probably want to force his way back into the side as well. And, mm. uh, you yeah, know, so... He did kick uh, two goals, though. He did kick a couple of goals. Would you accept Needy having sub-10 possession but kicks two goals every week? No, the two well, goals. Do you think are he handy. needs to uh, to get more of the ball? Uh, well, it's forward pockets are hard. It's a hard position to gauge sometimes, isn't it? But um, it depends who we're bringing back. Who's he going? Who's replacing him? And what influence are they going to have on the side? And mm. and the person that's chosen over him, what what influence are they going to have in our team? So, yeah. I guess the question comes down at the moment: Will uh, Jarman Impey influence the side more than Jake Need, and I guess at least if Jarman Impey's chosen over Need, um, we've got the ability to potentially throw Jarman back in the defensive fifty if we need to. Yeah, uh, Brendan Archie, he was another that was given a bit of a rocket uh, during the week. Um, yeah, thought he responded pretty well. Uh, Fifteen touches, had seven tackles, uh, six contested possessions, and a couple of goal assists. Didn't really seem to spend all that much time in the centre square. Um, seemed to be playing more as that sort of um, third toll, I guess, on a flank. Yeah. Uh, but did do some great works around the packs um, when it was up forward. What about his 25-metre left-handed handball to Boak on the run? That was uh, pretty awesome. It was great. And then to see Boak try and um, recreate that five seconds later. 
good. I mean, I mean, it was even on his non-preferred hand, and he was still able to get it 25. I mean, the, the kid's a gun, and uh, yeah, he just looks a little bit off. He looks a bit slow at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah. He's definitely looked like he's lacking a bit of pace. Yeah. No, that's certainly true, but um, yeah, I thought it was a step in the right direction. Absolutely, and I mean, it, it, I guess we got to remember with these kids, because they're still kids, um, well, they are to me as I'm getting older, Um I guess we've got to think of their confidence too. You know, dropping them in and out of the side every week, what's that doing? I mean, I think your call on Sam Gray is valid because he's had a fair run at it. You know, it's not like he's been in for a week and uh, and then he's uh, been terminated. So, uh, But that's something that needs to be considered. And I guess that's why Dougal Howard was unlucky the first time he was omitted um, because his influence in the game was quite good and, and then they dropped him straight back, which doesn't do the confidence the world of good. Yeah. No, very true. How did you see uh, Dougal Howard's game? Because I guess his was the big talking point um, coming in, facing two pretty experienced ruckmen in um, in Marich and Hampson. I liked it. I thought he did all right. It's, I mean, look, let's face it, we weren't, weren't expecting him to win the uh, uh, the centre clearances and the um, the ruck contest, weren't we? But we were competitive um, around the stoppage when he was there, and he did get his hand on a bit of ball. Um and I thought our, our centre clearance work was a little bit improved this week to, to last week and our stoppage work. What did you think? Yeah, I thought he held his own. Um, I don't think he was any better than what Loby would have done um, mm. had he played the game. Um, but I do like him in the side. I like his aggression. He laid a couple of really strong tackles. Um, for me, it's just a, a matter of getting a bit more ball around the ground. If he can really sort of present, take a few marks leading forward... Um, that'd be great. Well, he's definitely got a better set of hands on Lobie. So um, uh, once he gets a bit of confidence in, in his positioning around the ground, uh, I can see that it will have a bit more influence there than probably Matthew will. Um, but did you think our clearance work and stoppage work was a bit better on Saturday night? It was, but again, I mean, looking at it uh, logically, we had, what, like 35% of the, the hit-outs? <laughs> And we ended up with, uh, I think, about 50% of the, the clearances. So our stoppage work was very good. We sort of um, worked out well how to um, how to do that to a losing ruck. Um, but again, as I said earlier, how much does that have to do with Richmond's pretty pathetic performance in the middle? Because uh, guys like Cochin, um, Ellis was useless. Delidio didn't really do much. Um, I mean, they had a, a pretty tough time in the middle. Do we have to give some credit to Crazy Vossi this week? Maybe, maybe. Well, what about the coaching overall? How would you have rate? How would you rate the coaching for for this week's? I thought it was interesting. I liked the idea of constantly changing the ruckman so that they didn't mm. really know sort of what to expect. Um, I thought that was good. I liked um, how we certainly played a bit more direct. Uh, we used our pace a bit more. Um, I don't know. Every, everything sort of flowed a little bit easier this week. Yeah, it did, didn't it? We definitely seemed to, I think a few people pointed out, we played a team which was more like our 2013 and 2014 um, style of team, smaller running sort of game plan. Um, so, And we did look a lot better. It did yeah. have rem- did remind us um, or reminded me of those couple of seasons. So mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see where we go going forward. That's it. I guess the only other thing I want to talk about is our leaders. You mentioned them a little bit earlier, but it was great to see Bokey 
put in a, a pretty solid performance on the weekend. Same with Hammer. Uh, and I think Ollie Wines was uh, one of our best on ground, especially in the first half. He, he did fall away a little bit after half time. But yeah. I thought his first half was absolutely crucial to us um, getting in front. I mean, it's interesting. I'm happy to be corrected here, but uh, I pointed out to you via email earlier today. Um, yeah, it was. I remember in 2013 and 14, Hinkley was putting the heat on the bloody leadership group. Week in, week out, and that sort of dissipated a bit over the last 18 months. And um, what I was thinking was that, you know, with the emissions, it was actually required, it was forcing the lead, the remaining leadership group to actually be accountable because they had to actually really work and, and carry that younger side or yeah. inexperienced side. And, you know, they had no excuses this week, they had to perform. So, you know, the injuries actually, you know, put the spotlight on them to actually stand up and be accountable because if they didn't, obviously, um, you know, the spotlight would have been glaringly on them. And, and that's right, they did stand up. I mean, us, I mean, it's Hamish's output was still down, so um, especially game time. So I don't know if uh, he's still a little bit unfit or a little bit of lacking in confidence, but um, I thought Brad Ebert's ball use was a lot better this week. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, he he was another that had a pretty solid game as well. Um, yeah. I guess, um, yeah, I guess with that sort of thing, as you sort of mentioned, it, um, I guess the more experience you get, the less you look towards your leaders, in my opinion, because yeah. that way everybody's a bit more experienced on the park and you rely on all your players to stand up. I think when you have um, quite a few players out, you do look to those sort of leaders a bit more to sort of lead the way, and I thought they did a great job in that. We did have the third... Um, third least experienced side on the park um, out of all teams this weekend so mm. uh, it was good to see them sort of stand up under that sort of pressure and even guys that we haven't really spoken about like uh, I thought Tommy Jonas played a wonderful game um, Paul Stewart as well was, was fantastic as well yeah it's um, you know they all played their role for the team and uh, you know I'm sure they would have been congratulated for it indeed all right, let's move on and have a quick chat about the Maggies. Um, it was a tough time for the Magpies again, uh, losing by 63 points on the weekend, 9 goals 6 to 18 goals 15. Uh, they never really looked in the game and fell behind by as much as 87 points uh, midway through that last term. Uh, Kay Mitchell, Sam Cahoon and Anthony Beemans all kicked two goals each. Is that an inexcusable performance, Macca? Is it? Yes. Uh... No, I think we're in struggle town in the Maggies a little bit at the moment. I think um, I think all the injuries that we've had has has really put a lot of pressure on. Uh, we've got a very very inexperienced side. We're playing a lot of those um, SANFL listed players at the moment, mm. um, and we just don't have anything up forward. Uh, the midfield's really struggling. We rely on too few players to get the job done, um, and I think the sort of more experienced SANFL sides are uh, are taking advantage of that at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get to see much of the game. I, my only, I, I checked in the stats at, you know, I think at three-quarter time or something, and I saw Lobie down the bottom, and I was thinking, shit, bloody hell, his form is shocking, isn't it? He can't even uh, he can't even pick it up at SANFL level. Didn't know he was injured, obviously. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, I'd still be liking our systems and processes at that level to be a little bit more rigid so we could sort of plug and play and uh, and that's sort of something I was questioning on the forum this week as well with the AFL team too 
you know, if we if we were practicing all pre-season, you know, with the three-pronged tall forward, why why did we sort of go away from it when Schultz got injury injured, and why didn't we just sort of pl- insert and plug and play another another forward to to compensate it? And so I'm not seeing that at either level, no. uh, mag, magpie level or AFL level at this point in time. Yeah, I think. Um... The worst part for me again was uh, similar to last week. We dominated the hitouts. We had 58 to 33 hitouts, but uh, lost the clearances by 10. So I guess it shows that the midfield's not really working hard enough at SANFL level. No, that's right. And which was a, um, it's obviously an issue at both levels, but yeah. obviously the AFL level picked up a little bit. And I guess, you know, like you said, with the amount of uh, SANFL listed players that we had to have in there, um, maybe that was always going to be a bit of struggle town for the Maggies this week. Yeah. I mean, it's, Chad, it's a very inexperienced Corns? side. I mean, the most experienced player, obviously Loby was on the weekend, but outside of that, you're looking at Johnny Butcher and maybe Kane Mitchell. So yeah, uh, it is a very young group out there. And I don't know, maybe um, maybe we have to get ourselves ready for uh, a bit of spoonage. <laughs> God, heaven help us, surely not. What would the people on the forum say if uh, if Chad Corns delivers the first um, wooden spoon for Port Adelaide for about 110 years? He'd be a Glenelg plant. Exactly. Did on, he did it on purpose, Macca. That's it. Um, Jimmy uh, from the uh, the Great Game Day podcast has asked the question, did Chad crack a fruity this week? I'm not sure he did. Um, I haven't actually seen his uh, comments, but... Um, there was certainly a lot, a lot less uh, frothing of the mouth uh, on the forum this week, so I'm assuming he sort of uh, kept his um, kept his language in check a bit this week. Well, I think I saw one quote. Wasn't he a little bit more optimistic and said that we uh, we sort of ran out the game a little bit better? Mm. So he tried to have a bit more of a positive, upbeat uh, post game attitude this week. Yeah. Matt Sullivan from our Magpies uh, podcast, another great podcast, has uh, has said he thinks it's way too early to harshly judge Chad. Uh, but hopes the role is not too much for him. No reflection on his coaching. Um, I guess that's another question because he is doing the running when he can for Port Adelaide at AFL level. Do you think that might be impacting maybe his mindset on game day at SANFL level a little bit? Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, look, I've never been a, a, a coach of that capacity, so I can't really tell you. But um, you'd think it would help him in a way, seeing the structures and... Uh, at AFL level, up close and personal, that he should be able to bring that in, unless um, it's uh, confusing his message. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's seeing something at AFL level and going, oh, shit, that's not too bad. And then, you know, hey, guys, I want you to try this during the game this week or something and, and not giving enough opportunity to practice it before the game. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Uh, did Easy. You, did you manage yep. to catch any other uh, AFL games this weekend? A bit of the Bulldogs North Melbourne game, which I thought was a yep. bit of a cracker. Um, Underrated game that one. I've seen a lot of people sort of say that it was too scrappy, it was too many mistakes, it was a bit of a uh, bit of a letdown. But I actually thought it was a bloody good game. It reminded me a lot of finals footy, where I guess players yeah. sort of assume there was that sort of implied pressure as opposed to actual pressure. So I guess a few mistakes were made that way. High pressure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was a pretty good game. Yeah, I thought North Melbourne uh, were fantastic. They really, you know, they sort of worked the doggies out and, you know, they they sort of kept a couple of uh, defensive mids sort of on the outside of the packs, which really uh, thwarted the doggies' run. Um, you know, so maybe they might have exposed uh, 
a bit of a chink in the Bulldogs going forward. So, mm. so that was quite interesting. And um, I sort of saw bits and pieces of games without seeing a whole one. I saw the end of the Brisbane Sydney game, and that was quite interesting. Uh, Brisbane really shot themselves in the foot. They had the opportunities to to score in the last five minutes, but just couldn't get over the line. And uh, I guess I was blown away by uh, like Collingwood were with the West Coast um, final uh, quarter performance because. Yeah, you know, I sort of turned on that game with uh, uh, pretty much what five ten minutes to go in the third quarter, and they were only Collingwood were like three goals in it, and they what they ended up losing by like seventy points or something. It was just a, a slaughter. Yeah, Sixty-two points. Yeah, they they had a really yeah. shocking start, and then they worked themselves back into the game. But maybe they blew too many sort of petrol tickets getting back into it, and yeah, as you said, got blown away. But West Coast do that a lot over there. They um. They do sort of blow teams away in the last quarter. Uh, mm. Might be a bit of an advantage that they have. Um, I saw the Melbourne St Kilda game, and I thought that was a bit of a cracker as well. It was good to see the Saints get up. Um, yeah. yeah, two pretty young sides uh, going at it, and um, two pretty decent um, key forwards had a had a pretty big impact. Well, Jesse Hogan kicked seven goals, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah, yeah. No, I missed that one, unfortunately, but. Um... Yeah, it's a uh, it's an exciting time. I, I reckon there's a few more blowouts going on in the AFL this season to previous, or is it is it just me noticing them more? Might be you noticing them more. I'm not too sure. I did see that in your uh, in your email today, but um, didn't have the time yeah. to sort of run the stats for the first six rounds last year and do a bit of a comparison. But I, th- I do agree. I think maybe there has been a few more sort of blowouts this year. Yeah, just I don't know. I mean. Feel free for someone who's got it in front of them, someone on the mobile, um, uh, to correct me. But uh, well, maybe it's just that we're, there's a lot more high-scoring games, even though I think the scores came down a little bit more this this week to previous weeks. But um, yeah, it seems to be like I mean, geez, Geelong rolling over Gold Coast, 120 points. Thank you very much. You know, and then GWS thumping uh, Hawthorne by uh, 75 points. Uh, yeah. And, I think St Kilda were right on top of Melbourne for a while there too, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there was a, a few big uh, blowouts. Maybe it's just because mm. there's more teams in the competition as well. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm really excited by the uh, the Port West Coast game, even though I'm not going to be here. Uh, you know, I think if we can account for Brisbane and uh, Carlton, which obviously aren't going to be guaranteed wins after last year, um you know, West Coast aren't travelling too well, and I reckon that could be a cracker game for us. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy on the uh, in the chat has asked, uh, how did Carlton look? They kicked uh, five goals three in the last quarter. They did. That was, uh, I caught about 20 minutes of that game, and it was an absolute shocker. Um, I turned over and watched the A-League final, and in the same time period as the first half, I think there was actually more goals in the A-League first half than there was in the Carlton-Essendon game. Because I think... Yeah, <laughs> Uh, nearly at the end of the third quarter, they were still at three goals each, Carlton and yeah. So that was Jeez. basically a nil old draw. It was shocking. Are we playing Carlton at Etihad or MCG? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not too sure. Maybe someone in the chat can let us know that. Um, yeah, I, I, can't, assu- I can't remember I just, off the top of my head. Hopefully not just, the MCG again. You'd, uh, I'd assume it'd be Etihad. That'd be to our advantage if it's at Etihad, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. I've got bad memories about that game last year at the MCG, so <laughs> I don't want to be playing Carlton there uh, <laughs> anytime well, soon. At least Bryce Gibbs can't snipe Robbie Gray this this time because uh, I'm sure Robbie probably won't be playing that game. Yeah, that's it. 
Well, seeing I won't be on the preview show <laughs> this week, Macca, or, um just entertain me quickly. Do you are you concerned about the Brisbane game, or are you quite confident? Uh, I'd like to be more confident than I am. I I would have been a lot more confident without the result this weekend with um, Brisbane getting so close to Sydney. Maybe that was their sort of one swallow in the summer or something. I don't know, but um, I don't know. They've they've got a good midfield, and I think that's um, that's a concern. I think um, Steph Martin in the ruck is a concern. I think we should yeah. have the the forward line to kick more goals than them um, yeah. if we get our fair share of the ball. So. Oh look, it would be an absolute disaster if we lose at home to Brisbane. I think, but um, they'll be looking for some revenge. I guess uh, last time they came here and played us, we obliterated them by a hundred and something points. So, uh, is your is your lovely wife going to let me go to the football on Mother's Day? Uh no, I don't think I will be attending this week. So it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to stay home this week. Yeah, it's. Um... I don't, I'm not expecting a, a huge crowd for this one. It's no. um, we're, sometimes we're, you have to go family over footy, and I've made yeah. that decision this week. Oh, fair enough too. I mean, we we actually fly out on the Monday morning at six o'clock. Six o'clock. So we, um, I said to Mel, why don't we? Um, we'll get an extra ticket, and we'll take all the kids, and we'll go there for Mother's Day, and um, and we're going to probably stay at a hotel near the airport, so we can have an extra hour of sleep. But yep. um, yeah, it's. I reckon. Uh, I reckon there'll be, a fan. and it's fair enough. I think it is a. You know, everyone has to look after their mums, and uh, yeah, and that's got to come first. Hey, just quickly before we go, <laughs> I'm, gonna, what just, about... just, I'm just going to break in there. James Leach has said um, he's taking the wife. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> it would be and nice if it... my wife um, did enjoy the footy a bit more than she does. So, um, yes. so yeah, that probably plays against me a bit there. Don't worry, Mel hates the football too, so uh, she goes for the the alcohol. That's and um, we we be amiss not to quickly just talk about that A League final quickly, very quickly. I know this is an AFL program, but um, I'm not an avid Adelaide United follower, but I, I I'll watch them if it's on TV. And uh, but credit to them after 11 years and. I think they it gives us hope that it's it's not all lost after the start that they had to um, the season. It's actually quite miraculous, really, isn't it? Yeah, look, I'm no sort of Adelaide United supporter as well. I was happy that they won. Um, I don't follow them that closely, uh, but look, with what they've gone through, certainly in um, in that massive grand final loss. So, as you said, I yeah. guess it gives us a bit of hope that um, hopefully Port Adelaide can do similar and. Um, sort of get revenge on the, the skeletons of the past this year. Well, I never realised how um, poor they were with their finals record. It was like four four finals wins out of 17 coming into the, uh, that preliminary final. So that was yeah, atrocious. Yeah, it hasn't been great. hasn't been great. No. They had that massive um, loss in the grand final to victory. I think they've lost another grand final as well. So, yeah. no, certainly statewide, I think it's great for the state. Um Great for the A-League in general. Um, and look, good on them. As, as has been said, I think they were bottom um, after eight rounds. Hadn't won a game yet. Uh, so a, a massive turnaround. It hasn't been done in Australian sport. No. And, so, uh, good on yeah. them. Good on them. And I know they're uh, mates with a few Port Boys, some of the Adelaide United ones. So maybe they might rub off and... Uh, and uh, keep getting the poor boys excited. But um, I'm excited because uh, I'm still confident that we could potentially win the next four games. And 
um, I'm hoping that I come back and we're eight and three and we're we're in the top eight. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm pretty confident the next two weeks that we should get the job done. That sits us at five and three, which is uh, considering how we've played is a it's a pretty desirable position, I guess, and you know it should hopefully give us some confidence going into the West Coast game. Well, it's staggering that um, you know some of these media experts are you know, pretty much alluding that the final eight's already set. I mean, geez, it's only six rounds. I mean, plenty can happen, and I still think some of those top eight sides might drop off. And yeah. uh, you know, Hawthorne's bloody lucky to be where they are. Let's face it. Um, you know, there's one team, and uh, Sydney were lucky to get over Brisbane. So yeah. um, I still think I think there's still spots up for grabs there if uh, a team like Port can can get a good run on and and take advantage of uh, the teams that they they should be in above. They look, we just can't really afford to lose any games against you know that nine to eighteen ranked sides. We we just have to win and win those well, and then we need to jag our few top eight rival wins and um you know luckily we've got hawthorne who's our bunny so we'll get that one over the line and uh and uh see where we go we need a big win in the next couple of weeks because our percentage is pretty poor um, yeah it's nowhere near where it should be so i think to get us um somewhere near competing because we're basically two games behind at the moment as opposed to one game behind so yeah um yeah we need to sort of uh really sort of chip away and work at uh, improving that um, up to some sort of decent level, I think. So just quickly, uh, do you think, was there a defensive improvement in our structures? Is it, you know, was the Nathan Bassett influence where people were thinking, you know, took him a while with Norwood to get, to get the gel of it before they started um, performing better? You know, is it the same with maybe us? Are the players maybe starting to understand now what they need to do with his defensive structure a bit more? Too early to tell. Too early to tell? I think so, yeah. Fair enough. Because I think uh, if we lose this week, then that goes all out the window, doesn't it? So I think right. it's probably a bit too early to tell off the off the back of one performance against a, a shit-house Richmond. If there's anyone left in the chat room, please let me know. Is it worth my while getting the um, AFL Live Pass for five weeks uh, while I'm OS, or is it no good when I'm overseas? Um I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to know the feedback on that one because uh, I haven't I heard miss... great things about it. To be honest, no, not really. Not the uh, the quality of the video that comes in. What about the replay? The replay would be alright though, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, it probably yeah. would be a, a bit better. Yeah. But anyway, we'll soon find out. I'll probably do it, and I'll let you know how bad it is. That's it. Right, just to reiterate our competition um, to win two tickets uh, to the locker room against West Coast in a couple of weeks' time, in three weeks' time. Um, uh, what do you need to do, Rick? Uh, search Port Fan Radio on iTunes, and I know for the Android users, they're complaining. Find a friend that's got iTunes, or just uh, swallow your pride and, and create an iTunes account and. Uh, and just go on and write a, a, a nice five-star review on Port Fan Radio. And the reason we've chosen Port Fan Radio is because that way it, it's raising awareness for all the people that are doing shows and, and not just our show. Um, so more as the station as a whole. So um, 
Phil, please go on and, and check it out and you'll be in it to win it. It's, it's no easier way to, to go in the draw to get a couple of free tickets to the locker room. Uh, That's it. Yeah, and you'll uh, you'll do a random sort, Jen, on uh, on Excel. I've delegated that one to you. I'm sure you're yeah. thrilled. You're thrilled with that, aren't you, Macca? Indeed, and uh, it will be uh, determined on the Monday before that game. So the That's review right. podcast of the Carlton game, I think it is. Um, yep. And we'll uh, we'll do the draw for those two tickets, and that gives yep. people a week um, to let us know <laughs> your, your username on iTunes and and to, to uh, determine um, how we get the tickets to you as well. So absolutely. So uh, we've uh, had a we've had some good um, answers here in regards to your um, live pass question. Um, yep. Graham Hitch has said the international pass is good. Um, James Leach has said it's okay on the iPhone iPhone, but better on the iPad. Bomber has said, um, buy it while you're over there, because uh, the overseas version is better. Okay. Um, so, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of um, good questions there. Thanks for you uh, travelling supporters. And, uh, well, it's been great for the first, uh, what is it, third quarter of the season. So mm-hmm. uh, I've had a great time, and uh, I look forward to, uh, to joining everyone uh, late. Uh, late June for for the second half of the season and uh, hopefully we're in a good position and I haven't missed too many meltdowns. That's it. Hopefully we're sitting at nine and three at that point that would, in time. That would be very, very nice. It would be. Yes. All right, mate. Enjoy your trip. Thank you very much. And uh, until next time, can't put out late. Go the power. Wines, Gray, fancy, well done. Still Gray, handball's good. West off, could kick a goal from here. He does. What a start. 